Got this. And we are live. What's up, K Loops? How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for how multi unit brands successfully market at the local level or the restaurant marketing podcast, depending on how you are consuming this. Today on the show, we welcome Katie Lou's from Burrito Beach. They're known for their homemade fresh Mexican food. Uh, Burrito Beach is a six-location fast casual chain based in the town of Chicago. Uh, they've been serving toasted burritos and guac that rocks since 1995. Uh, Katie's been with the brand since 2018, having formerly spent times at BD's Mongolian Grill and Quiznos. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And I do have an update. We're actually seven locations now. Look at that. <laughs> My, re my research has failed me. I'm super yeah, we excited. Opened, we opened a new location in at the beginning of November, still in Chicago. Amazing. That is recent. So for those of you who are listening to this later, it's recorded on January 13th. So the question is, is how do you successfully market at the local level? You are literally going to tell us what you just did. Yeah, uh, I'm currently doing. Awesome. So before, before we go into that, anything you want to share about yourself or the brand for everybody who's listening? Um, yeah, just uh, we are a local Chicago company started by someone who grew up here. Um, he started in 1995, like he said, um, proud to be local, proud to have fresh local ingredients. And we cook um, from scratch every day. Um, so it's a really great company. And the food is amazing, which makes it really easy to market, um, which also makes marketing really important because <laughs> you got to get the word out there. Otherwise, people aren't going to know what they're missing. It is unbelievable what good food will do for your marketing, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Katie, this, this podcast is about one question, which is how do you successfully market at the local level? So we can start with anything. Where, where, what is, tell, me, tell us one tactic or strategy that you use. Oh, man. You know, I would say that it's definitely um, something that is not a silver bullet. There is not one strategy I can tell you that will... Um, you know, build sales, but it really, what it is, is all about building sales. You know, there's awareness strategies and there is, um, you know, click through strategies, but really the, the only thing that matters is if people come in and they buy your product and then trying to get them to come back in again. Um, so, you know, we use lots of tactics and I would say the one that is probably um, the most engaging and fun for me is the loyalty program. Um, you know, it's not traditional advertising, but it's a really good way to speak to your customers, to get to know your customers, to even just have something to engage with them about at the store. So so loyalty, I'm assuming that this is a retention tactic, not an acquisition tactic in your mind, correct? Correct. Unless, I mean, sometimes we put it out there because you have a sign-up bonus. So there are times when, you know, it's something that you can talk about and say, hey, you sign up for our program and we'll give you this already. Um, so it can be used as an acquisition tactic, but um, definitely more uh, retention tactic when you get into it. <laughs> awesome. Let, let's talk about the acquisition side of it for just a quick second. So do, do you find success in acquiring a new guest through loyalty? Like, how, And when you do, how does that work? Um, yeah, I think that sometimes we, um, when we are physically at a place, so there's been times where we go and we have a booth at, um, like recently we did a customer appreciation day at a gym. And, um, what we would do is we would talk about the brand and our new store and, you know, that we have a loyalty program. And if you come in and you buy, you know, food six times, you already get a free burrito. So, you know, it was something that we could get people to um, realize the benefits of really quickly and sort of get them to 
a lot of times it's a trade from, you know, the other Mexican food guys that might be down the street that they've gone to for years and years and be like, Hey, we're new. Also, we've got this awesome loyalty program. Like we'll give you free food more often than they will. (laughs) Right. All right. So in that moment, they're having a brand experience, right? So something else brought them into your radar and you're like, listen, here's, it's actually more of like a bottom of the funnel move, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Let's talk about loyalty as a retention tactic. What, What are some of the strategies that you're using around loyalty? Um, I mean, the biggest... I mean, other than more frequent free stuff than the other people. <laughs> um, you know, I think the biggest part is just staying top of mind. Like once we have them in our loyalty program, we have access to them. Um, and you don't want to be annoying, but you do want to be persistent and engaging. So, um, you know, we have weekly promotions that we do where we have double points Monday, every Monday, and we have taco Tuesday where they get hundred bonus points for tacos every Tuesday. So there's that, which tries to get people to come back in week after week and remember, Oh yeah, I get double points. If I go to burrito beach today. Um, and we send emails to them about twice a week. Um, you know, sometimes it's just a, Hey, look at what we have email. Sometimes it's a coupon. Um, for online ordering, sometimes it's a reminder of double points or a, um, you know, a surprise and delight. Hey, you get double points all this week. Or, hey, I just put free chips and guac in your account. Um, you did? Hold on. <laughs> I gotta go. Um, so, yeah. So, we we just are constantly engaging with them, communicating with them. Um, you know, some of our social posts and social advertisements talk about the benefits of the loyalty program or what's going on in the loyalty program. So, People who are in the loyalty program will be aware and people who aren't in the loyalty program might be um, interested and see if that they can sign up. That's awesome. All right. So for the emails that you're sending to guests who have signed up for loyalty, is that a different send than people who are just like on a newsletter type subscription? Yes. So um, when we we didn't launch loyalty until May of 2020. And before that, we had a news club, a newsletter subscription. So we tried to convert all of those people over to loyalty, but not everyone did because not everyone is, you know, that engaged and some people are real legacy customers. Um, So we do have a separate newsletter that we send out um, different from loyalty. And a lot of the times if it's a coupon or if it's just talking about online ordering, delivery, things that we're offering, I'll send the same email. But like, I believe it's next week, I scheduled an email talking about double points. And so I'll send that email to the loyalty club and then to our newsletter. Um, I'll either send a coupon for online ordering or talking about something else um, because, you know, not everything applies to both of them. Sure. Uh, What is the frequency? I think you said typically twice a week you're sending email to loyalty members. Yes. What is the frequency that you're doing a newsletter to non-loyalty members? The same. Twice a week. Awesome. Uh, how did you come to the decision to do two per week? It was um, a little bit of what I could handle because I am a one person marketing team. So, you know, it was a little bit of what it was that I could actually execute on. You know, I didn't want to oversell what I uh, was going to be able to do. But also it's, you know, you don't want to be annoying. Like I said, you want to be persistent, but you don't want to be that email that keeps coming into their inbox with nothing important to say, and people will unsubscribe and they'll 
stop even getting any of your marketing. So you want to always be everything. Every time that you send an email, you definitely want to be trying to add value to the customer. You know, you don't want to be just talking praises about yourself that they don't care about. Um, you know, and if you start to send, I think two is sort of the sweet spot. Cause after that, I'm like, what do I even say? Yep. Um, so it, and sometimes I only send one a week. Um, sometimes because there's not much to say and sometimes because I'm really busy with others. <laughs> sure. Makes sense. Have you done any analysis about lifetime value of a loyalty guest versus just a regular guest? Like, have you looked at that number or how that plays out at all? Um, I wish that I could, but we don't have, um, like I said, we only launched loyalty in May of 2020. So like lifetime value, you can really start evaluating after a year. Sure. And even though it's been six months since that point, um, it's been a really crazy, busy six months, um, you know, with everything that everyone else is dealing with in the world. Plus we opened up the new store. Um, so we don't have a whole lot of analysis on that yet, even though we could, but also our non-loyalty guests, we just, the, the lifetime value of them is just a mystery. Like that's why it's so important to get everyone into our loyalty program or everyone that we can, because then we know something, anything about them um, as opposed to those who don't come into uh, who don't come into the loyalty program. Sure. I find like a lot of acquisition tactics also have a side benefit of, oh, now I can measure something. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. Let, let's jump out of loyalty here because we only got 30 minutes. Talk about some ways that you acquire. And I don't I don't want to get into new store marketing yet, but like as a general everyday practice, like what are some acquisition tactics for new guests? Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, the other thing is Facebook. We've been doing Facebook and social advertising for a while now. Um, you know, again, constantly posting on Facebook, just the native posts is something that I do just to stay up there for those who are already our fans. Um, and so I post uh, three times a week on Facebook and Instagram. And then um, we also do targeted ads um, through there. So I've got um, ads that link mostly to directly to our online ordering um, that are then put out and not just to our fans are put out with targeting um, a, a five mile radius around our store, which is our delivery zone. Got it. Okay. So let's separate the, the magnets here real quick. So organic posting, I, I believe, and I think you're probably in line with this is that people that follow you are what they're guests, right? They're not you posting organically is not an acquisition tactic, right? Something has to happen before somebody sees your Instagram post, right? It could be Google, it could be an ad, could be word of mouth, could be a friend, right? And so marketing for organic social is, is like loyalty marketing, right? It's guest marketing. You're, yeah. You're talking right. to somebody yeah. who's had an experience. Right? <laughs> right? And so the, the, the acquisition side of that is the ad piece, right? Um, when you're running ads, um, what are you optimizing for? You have impressions, clicks, reach, messages. What do you, what do you look at? It's mostly clicks. Um, there are some times that I do like a, I throw a wide net. So I'll do an ad with an awareness strategy and then I'll run the same ad with a click strategy to use the machine learning to sort of like um, narrow it down so that, you know, I get the message out there, but then I really hone in on those who I think are going to actually um, go through and purchase something or at least get through to our website. Um, but mostly I drive for clicks and I try to support online ordering um, just because that is the easiest way, you know, trying to 
advertise on social for someone to then come into our store. There's just so many variables and so many ways that they could not end up coming to our store. You know, we're in Chicago. They would pass 50 restaurants if they traveled <laughs> two blocks to get to our store. Even so, if they live on the same block, they might pass a restaurant on the way, right? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, the, the way that we are trying to get people is, oh, hey, this food looks good. Click, click, click. And they're a customer. So do you, do you see, and that makes sense to me. So do you see uh, optimize for click advertising and social as a delivery and pickup tactic, or you just, it's just pure acquisition? I think mostly delivery and pickup tactic. Um, but, you know, and that's when I'm doing the ads that are focused on driving online ordering. There are a few that I do that are, you know, um, gift card focused or, you know, hey, we have a new location open focused, but a lot of it is uh, pickup and delivery focused and trying to drive those. Sure. How do you determine your, your budgeting on a monthly basis for social ads? Um, I came up with a budget like a year ago and I've just been running with it. <laughs> um, you know, I hear, I, think, I hear similar answers a lot. <laughs> and I, I, I know that I had some sort of strategy there. You know, I probably did like our estimated click through rate with, you know, an estimated ROI and how much we would have to spend on a cost per click. But, you know, like I probably had some really convoluted way of um, doing it. But I think that uh, really my budget is just try to have something always on. And if it's something that I think is important or something that's working really well, I put more money towards it. You know, like I've got an upper level budget, but it's really, you know, see what's working. And then once I find something that's working, like bump up the budget on that one and then have the other ones that I'm testing out there to see if there's the next one that I can find that's working well and then bump up the budget on that one. Awesome. Any, any like uh, hacks or tips or tricks in, in Facebook and Instagram advertising that you found like video works better than a carousel or call it like any sort of like little Katie secrets? No, I don't have many secrets. You know, I think the, the biggest thing is just appetizing food, like crave worthy food. Like, um, especially we've got some brand recognition, but without a ton of brand recognition, especially in the new neighborhood that we're in, um, our food looks delicious and it tastes delicious, like I said before. So, I mean, I found that the pictures that are the most um, appetizing are the ones that get the most clicks, to be honest. Sure, your eyes eat first, right? Yeah. The eyes and the nose eat before the mouth and the stomach. A yeah. billion percent. <laughs> now, are you doing all of your, like, are you building the ads? Are you in Facebook ads manager and you doing all the ads? Um, no, I do build the content for them, like the pictures and everything, but, um, I use targetable to actually place the ads. Um, and they're great cause they come up with the content and the copy for me and I can edit it, um, and change it a little bit usually, but they usually have a targeting and budget recommendation for me. That is pretty easy to just click and send the ads off. Awesome. We, we use it in my restaurant too. So yeah. uh, for those of you that are watching or listening, Targetable is a uh, software and a service company that makes it so you never have to log into Facebook ads manager again, which is a benefit for me for, for sure. <laughs> we, we do love the Targetable. Uh, and, and if you want to learn more about that, Katie and I actually did a podcast for Targetable. We go deep on that. So, all right, we've talked enough about ads. Anything else? A anything else like, for, again, from an acquisition standpoint that you kind of like 
you know, even as a channel, like how do you prioritize or what, what channels do you prioritize for acquisition? Um, you know, if we're not going to talk about the new store marketing yet, um, that's kind of, you know, what it is right now is, um, you know, we've, uh, we've been pretty digital focused in the last couple of years um, and try and keep it pretty simple and so that we can really focus on the things that we believe are working for us and, um, you know, do a good job at those. Oh, bless. What about what about like listings and search like Yelp and Google and Bing and Yahoo and TripAdvisor? Does any of that play into your your marketing acquisition playbook? Yes. Well, yeah, it might be considered acquisition. I feel like you keep calling me out on <laughs> whether things are actually acquisition. No, I mean, listen, I mean, part of this part of this show is is to showcase to others and, and have other people like marketing is hard for restaurants. <laughs> it's really difficult to measure. So, you know. For somebody that thinks that like there's a magic button, like there's not. And these yeah. conversations are basically to tell everybody like, look, they're not. We're all trying to figure this out, you know? Yeah. And I guess I actually kind of forgot about it because, again, there's another service that I use that does a really good job of managing a lot of our online listings. Um, so we use Yext for our online listings. Um, and, you know, that helps manage our Google listings. Um, Yelp, we don't you have to pay extra for that on Yelp. So we, I manage the Yelp listings myself. Um, but then there's, you know, hundreds of other websites that it helps keep our hours updated. Um, sometimes I put some Google posts out and respond to reviews. Um, so yeah, we do that. But again, it's something that I think is extremely helpful because, you know, they help manage all of those listings. I update it in the X platform and it pushes it out so that, you know, when we're closed for the holidays or, if we have to temporarily close the store due to current environmental situations, um, you know, I can put that into one platform and it pushes it out so that people who are looking for us on Squarespace or is square or whatever, you know, some random platform that I would never go and update myself. City search. <laughs> yeah. Never yellow pages that like it's all. Updated. They have viewers, right? There are people on those <laughs> platforms for sure. Yeah, so um, that is another thing that, again, I, I totally forgot about because it's just so easy to manage. And, um, you know, I put it into one place and a million little things happen. God bless. I, I believe in being tech enabled. By the way, I have a quick shout out to my mother who is like this broadcast on Facebook. Thanks, mom. <laughs> You'll support me after all these years. You're wonderful. Uh, awesome. And uh, let's go into new store marketing. Let's talk about acquisition for a new store. What what is the what is the Katie Lube's playbook look like for a new store? Um, it's a lot of feet on the ground. Um, you know, it is getting to know your neighbors. So our new store is actually in a heavily retail environment, and we know that not only are those retail employees going to be our customers, they're, but they're probably going to be our biggest advocates as well for the customers to come into their stores. Um, so we have since day one, since we opened, um, you know, I think one thing that was a strange little thing that actually worked was putting balloons out because um, we had had a coming soon sign forever. And then all of a sudden we opened the doors and people don't really notice what changed. You know, we unlocked the door. People didn't notice. So we put some balloons out and people would come and be like, I saw the balloons. You guys are like, <laughs> Um, so that was a strange little tactic that worked wonders for just getting the word out for 
it actually did cost a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't say for free. <laughs> balloons. Uh, I, think, I think I think uh, balloons are the uh, in real life version of emojis in a subject line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we did that, and then we literally just walked around with um, some gift cards that were also loyalty cards um, to the people that worked nearby um, and talked to them about the fact that we're open, gave them a menu, um, invited them to come in with a gift card and talked about our loyalty program. Um, and so it was really just a lot of word of mouth. Um, and then we also, there were a few, like, I believe we went to Old Navy right before Black Friday. And they were talking about how they need to order food for their employees on Black Friday. So that also opened up the opportunity for catering discussions. Um, so yeah, I mean it, and we continue to do it to this day right now, you know, we're just sort of like blowing out our circle. We did a little one block radius, five block radius. And now, you know, we can go out as far as five miles and tell them, Hey, we deliver to you. Um, but it is literally making that face-to-face -face contact. We're giving them a $10 card because, you know, we really want them to come in. We're, you know, it's, desperate times right now. Um, and a lot of them are close to, again, those other Mexican places. So we need to tell them, hey, you guys really are missing out on a lot better, fresher food. So you're literally like B2B door knocking. Yeah. That is awesome. And the, the move is, here's a menu and a coupon or, an, you know, I call it acquisition cost, but you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, for some of them, like a bank or a gym, sometimes they let us leave things there for their customers. So um, another thing we did is we recently did a direct mail drop and we got a lot of overruns. Um, so we've also been bringing those overruns out and asking, hey, are we allowed to leave these here for your customers so that they can also be um, made aware of our our new restaurant? That is awesome. I'm glad you brought up direct mail. I love to talk about direct mail. Um I've actually interviewed direct mail people and asked them like, what about in urban environments? And they're like, ah. uh, <laughs> what are you doing with direct mail and what's working, whether it's a new store or not? Yeah. So we actually, I'll say we did direct mail um, back in July of 2020 for one of our existing stores. Um, and it was right after we had launched our loyalty program and online ordering. So we did a really aggressive offer with free delivery. Um, and it did okay. I mean, considering the way that the restaurant environment was at that point, and um, it was downtown, downtown, which was pretty empty in July of 2020, um, it it drove some redemptions. And then I think that we de we definitely we tracked if people came back in, and there were several people that came back in repeatedly after that. So that actually worked relatively well. Um, Let's let's pause there for a quick second. I want to talk about tracking. So I'm assuming you sent out a, a menu or a flyer or whatever. It had a coupon on it with a unique code, and then you tracked that code to the it user. Was, yeah, it was a coupon code they could use online. Okay, and then you just, <coughs> assuming they ordered online, you have their email address, you know they use the coupon, you can measure, et cetera. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Right. Go ahead. Um, so for this new store, we've actually done, and it's, that, that one that I was talking about then, that was directly downtown in Streeterville in the loop with anyone who's familiar with Chicago. This new store is out in Lincoln Park, which is still Chicago, sort of downtown, but it's like a neighborhood that's three to four miles outside of the loop. 
Um, so it's a lot more residential. As I said, it's a lot more retail, um, but it's still a city store. Um, and first we did a shared mail piece and it was eight and a half by 11, double-sided. It had one coupon, a BOGO coupon that people would have to redeem in store. And then it had, I think a 20% off coupon to use online if they wanted to. We hardly saw any redemption from that. Like it was so tempting because it was massive distribution for about, I think it was around a thousand, maybe a little bit more that we spent on that. So it was like, we're getting this to this many households for this much money. Like it's gotta be gangbusters. We basically saw nothing. So what about, what about it didn't work? Like, why do you think that was a fail? <laughs> I have, I mean, there's the, there's the thing in the back of our heads. It's like, did they really go out? You know, like there's, they try to tell us, you know, we, we definitely did it. You know, we were tracking and someone promised that they sent it out, but it's like, I don't, it's so hard to see such, like literally, I think less than 20 coupons came into the store and we had tens of thousands of distribute of distribution. So there's that nagging feeling in the back of our head. Like, did it actually go out as planned? Because otherwise, like, we put delicious looking food on there. We had a pretty aggressive offer. We used the playbook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like even the um, the print distributor said, you know, I've used this piece as an example to other people about how it should look, you know, like you guys did a great job. So it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, I think that shared mail is, um, it's for maybe a certain medium, you know, maybe for... QSRs that are putting out a dozen coupons in one it's, of those. And it's, when you say shared mail, do you mean like a Val pack? Like there's lots of coupons in it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Got um, it. I, I think it might just not have been um, the right way to promote our company. You know, it wasn't reaching our customers um, as well as, you know, we were in a new neighborhood and people might have not known anything about us and just, you know, it wasn't something that was familiar to them. And the customer who uses those sorts of coupons might be the sort of customer who is very set in their ways. And they're like, I'm looking for the McDonald's coupons. And if they're, you know, like if it's not a McDonald's coupon, then I'm just tossing it. Sure. Um, okay. So I want, we have four minutes left here. I want to go speed round a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. So shared mail didn't work with direct mail. So single mailing piece has shown some, some promise. The postcard, the direct mail has worked a lot better. Um, even weeks after we sent it out, we're continuing to see in-store redemption and online redemption. Do you know what your percentage of return is on a mailer? Like, have you been able to look at what that number is even roundabout? No. Still, still in process. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, because we sent it out mid-December. Okay, so um, it's still still live. Fair and enough. And the coupon doesn't expire till the end of the month. All right, where are you? Where are you on thinking on TikTok? Is is Burrito Beach rocking the TikToks yet? I know that we would like to be, um, and I am a TikTok consumer, but as <laughs> as a person, I am currently not a TikTok creator. And I really have the thing that I struggle with is I haven't seen any brands, at least what's being fed to me on TikTok. I haven't really seen any brands that I'm like, that's the way that you advertise on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, it's kind of virgin territory. All right, influencer marketing, yay or nay? Yay, love it. We've also done that with the new store, invited them in. Um, I think the thing that got the most engagement was having them do a giveaway. We gave them a gift card to give away to their fans, and I think that that really helped 
drive engagement as opposed to before we've just said, hey, try our food and post about it. Nice. And are you doing like influencer marketing ongoing? Is it more of just a new store tactic? Um, it will be ongoing, um, you know, in, but it's in bunches. You know, we have sort of a message that we want these people to get out. Like we are also doing um, a fundraiser this month for the past couple months um, with a local charity. You buy this specific burrito, we give a dollar to that charity. Very cool. Um, with influencer marketing, are you doing that or are you using an agency or somebody on your team? Um, so this first round uh, for the new store, we used a PR person who really just did the outreach for us. And then we managed the rest of it. Um, and then ongoing, I'm going to be the one reaching out to the influencers. Um, you're very, like a group. You're very good at do it yourself. You're, you're a self-starter, self-motivator, and you will follow through. Uh, <laughs> get guest feedback. What, what is, what does guest feedback look like? Um, again, like I said, once people try our food, they love it. Um, you know, so we get a lot of great feedback about the food, a lot of comparisons to the other guys, which we love because it's usually saying we're better. Um, you know, with our online orders, every time someone orders, we send them a link asking for feedback. So that's another great way to have that text or email email. Okay. Um, so that's another way to get that like 360 communication and, um, review with them and get like the numerical, um, values. And, we are still in the new store every day. That's where I'm headed right after this. Um, and we talk to the people as they're there. Say, how did you hear about us? What do you think of the food? Like, please come back. We'd love to see you again. That's awesome. All right. Number one way to retain guests. What is the number one channel? I think loyalty <laughs> right now. It's, an, it's the number one way to do it with all your guests, you know, like your most loyal guests and you can reach them all at once and you can also make it specific to them. So I think that that's my favorite. Awesome. Well, lo loyal to me is a form of communication. So that is awesome. Well, Katie Lewis from Burrito Breach, this is a 30 minute conversation. We're at that point. I'm super grateful. We really speed rounded like an entire marketing playbook here. So thank you. Anything you want to leave people with here before we depart? No. <laughs> what is your favorite thing on the Burrito Beach menu? If we were going to go right now, what are you making me eat? Ooh, the Baja chicken. It's so good. It's smoky and spicy with a chipotle sauce. And we've also got a new chipotle crema. So good. Amazing. All right, Katie Lewis from Burrito Beach. Really, really grateful. Thank you for uh, joining us here on the podcast today. And I want you to make it a great taste today. Okay. And thank you, everybody who listened. Thank you.